Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. About you and about life and how to walk through life. Very simply and practically. And Lord, may I not get messed up, but if I do, I know that your Holy Spirit speaks much deeper than I can. And I trust that you're going to do a great work in the lives of the people in this room today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All in? Oh, come on, all in? That's right, all in. This is a moment after a long day. Jesus was teaching quite a few parables. It unfolds in the chapter right before this. And now Jesus looks at his 12 and said, let's go to the other side. Let's go away from the crowd. And as we see Jesus' human side. See, Jesus is the Son of Man, at the same time the Son of God. He's fully man, fully God at the same time. And we, we find him getting, he chooses the back of the boat. And he's so tired. He's, he's, he's like a five-year-old that's been running around all day. And as soon as they, it's time for bed, and they, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm sure when I was five, I was running around, I was pretty tired, and I just went out. Now, some of the parents are going, no, that's not my kid. <laughs> but that's me after dealing with those kids, right? He just, he's out. I want us to remember that at least four at least four of Jesus' disciples that are in that boat were fishermen, expert fishermen. This is the lake they played on. This is the lake, the sea that they grew up on. This is the sea that they worked on. They knew this lake like Grandpa knows Wapakoneta, right? He's lived here 88 years. He knows Wapakoneta like the back of his hand. These are experts. They've also faced many furious squalls in the past. More than likely, this is a fishing boat. Jesus is in the back on a cushion, a cozy chair, falling asleep. He's in such a deep sleep that they had to wake him up. And my guess is they woke him up loudly. That this isn't, hey Jesus, hey Jesus, we're going to die. Hey Jesus, wake up! Notice what they say. Don't you care? 
if we're going to drown. Now, I know that life is life. Life is life because there's a lot of life that happens in life. And when I say that, I mean there's a lot of storms. There's a lot of things that happen in our life that put us at the moment of fear and trepidation, difficulty, to the point that we're terrified, to the point that it's out of our control. Our expertise and our previous experiences, they pale to what we're dealing with now. All of us in the room are in proximity to storms. Either A, you're living through one right now. B, you've just come out of one. Or C, you're going to go into one. That's the way life is, is it not? Happens when you're on vacation. Happens when things are indifferent. Happens when you are at your highest stress level. It happens when you're at your tired, most tired. Things happen in your life. Today, I'd like for you to think for just one moment. What are those storms either that you're walking through, that you're on the boat, and it's out of control for you, or that you've just walked through? Now, I know that we can't predict what's going to happen in the future, but we certainly can prepare for those storms now, can't we? But even so, the experts had a lot of experience to prepare for the storms that were ahead, but they were found amateurs. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Life has a way of making us all amateurs. We're never experts in life. Have you ever asked God for peace? You may not even believe in God, but have you ever asked him for it? I'll be honest. Well, not like anything I said before and after this is not honesty, right? But I'll be forthright with you, a little vulnerable. There have been times in my life that I've asked God for peace in, while I'm in the storm. But what I really was asking God to do was remove the storm. That's what I really wanted God to do, was remove it or smooth it over. So let me ask you this. Have you ever asked God for peace when you really were asking him to remove the storm, to smooth it over? This is terrifying, Jesus. This is terrifying, God. This hurts. My life's a wreck right now. I'm in a lot of pain, and so are the people around me. My family, my kids, Lord, just, I want your peace. Really, we're just wanting them to remove it. There was a, a pastor friend of mine who, who just recently wrote 
Because God is sovereign, though he may not have caused the storm, he's certainly in control. Therefore, everything that's come my way, I'm paraphrasing him, everything that's come my way or your way is father-filtered. We have this, this idea that control, God control, that means that he's caused it all. That's not necessarily the case. Some storms just happen, but they've filtered through him. Other storms have happened in our life because we've chosen them. We've chosen sin, and it's created a whirlwind in our life. But the truth is that God is sovereign and in control. So what storm are you walking through today? When Sandy, she handed me this, this song that we sang, Anchored in Jesus, I didn't even look at the paper. As you can tell, I, I missed some words, right? But this text has been on my mind all week. All week. And I wonder what you're walking through. What feels out of control for you? What are you asking God? Don't you care? I think we see in 2023 that our responses are very similar to those in the first century AD, those disciples. Don't you care for going to drown? Do you not care that I'm going through worry and fear and uncertainty? Don't you care? Maybe you've come to the point where you think he cares about everyone else around you but you. I've been convinced of that sometimes in my own life. Have you? I think there's something really important that we have to pull out from this moment with his disciples. They're actually drawn to Jesus, even in their questioning of God. They're not walking away from him. They're actually drawn to him. They're not keeping their question and their doubt of whether or not God actually cares for them to themselves. It's not creating a wedge between them. It's actually drawing them in. And they verbalize it very loudly, as you heard me scream earlier. If you're harboring anything, if you're holding anything back from God, maybe He didn't provide something for you that you desired or that you asked for. Maybe He didn't heal the people in your life that you continue to pray for. Maybe He didn't bring that spouse that you desired. Maybe it wasn't that job, whatever the case may be. And you're holding on to that. We learn from the disciples that we draw in to God. 
the book of Habakkuk is one of those moments where the prophet just cries out loud and challenges God. I want to remind you this morning, God's shoulders are big. can take it. Have the conversation. Don't allow it to harbor. Allow it to come out of you. I find it interesting that Jesus, he doesn't go into a theological conversation, does he? Don't you care that we're going to drown? Our life is about to be done, don't you care? He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't give a sermon. He doesn't say, go to the church and kneel at the altar. He actually doesn't even answer their question, does he? He doesn't answer the question. What's he speak to? Speaks to the wind, speaks to the storm. Peace fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. This week, I realized that that word self-control was at the end of all of those fruit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Galatians chapter 5, it sits right there. Those are the nature, those are the character of the Holy Spirit. But many of us, we want peace, we want love, we want joy. However, though it's on the end of that massive list, self-control is actually the key. Self-mastery is actually the key that unlocks it all. The emotions of our life, they override the critical thinking aspect of our brain, right? We're created and designed in such a beautiful way that we're created with emotion, but we're also created with this this prefrontal cortex that allows us to, to decide and ask questions and critically think and analyze. But sometimes we allow that emotional portion of the brain to override it all, right? These disciples, they're on overdrive, right? It's all right here. Self-control unlocks us and expands the capacity to receive God's peace, God's love, God's joy. Because we have a perception problem. You and I, me, we all have a perception problem. Especially when it comes to life storms. When life is turbulent and it's out of control. What's our natural response when things are out of control? 
What's the natural response? What's your natural response? Panic. What else is your natural response? Fear. Anger. Isolation. <laughs> Humor. Deflection. That was one of that man, that's still one of mine, bro. <laughs> I deflect. We run. All of those can fall under the list of when it's out of control, I want to control it. I want to control it. Our perception is that whatever the circumstance is, is a lot bigger than God. But the reverse is true. That God himself is bigger than the circumstance. I think that's something that we need to remind ourselves. God is bigger than the grief. God is bigger than the pain. God is bigger than the uncertainty. God is much larger than the job that you want. God is much larger than the surgery. God is so much bigger. And when we perceive God to be bigger than whatever it is that we're facing, it opens the door to allow calm and peace to enter in. Remember, the prophet Isaiah, we, we talk about this at Christmas, and I don't think we ever, ever remember or talk about this throughout the rest of the year. The prophet Isaiah says and calls Jesus not only wonderful counselor, but prince of peace. The prince of peace is literally asleep in the back of the boat during a violent storm where 12 men, grown men, masculine men, are fearful for their life. Peace cannot be around you unless peace is in you. Peace cannot be around you unless peace is actually in you. And when there's not peace around you, you can still be at peace because peace isn't this great white whale that's ambiguous and that we're always searching for but never accessible. The Scripture actually teaches us, the Bible teaches us that peace is a person that we can literally relate to, that we can have conversation with, that can be all in us. All in? Ah, there it is. All in? We have to be all in. You have to be all in. We're asking God for peace in storms when we've never really experienced the peace without the storm, right? 
but it's the storms that draw us in to go, God, I want peace today. I just want it. I want it. Peace is a person that you can relate to day in, day out. And peace, this is where it is, that all in. Peace is actually a fruit or a byproduct or the result of trust. Jesus is asleep in the storm. Why? Because he trusts the one he's in relationship with, the Father, who filters all our situations through him. Jesus trusted. All in? He wants you all in. You know, I know this isn't in the Scripture. But the way it, it, it's, it's read, peace, be still, there's this comma there, and I wonder, man, is he calling the storm peace? Is he calling that storm peace? Then that's peace in motion. But really, and actually he's saying silence. Be silent. Silence. Be silent. Jesus himself, peace was still, but also in motion at the same time. So he's calling all of us not only to be still, but also to have peace while we're in motion. That you can go about your life in motion and have peace. Peace is not a place. However much I'm convinced that the mountains are my place of peace, and however much I want our store to be a place of peace, and Wapak Naz to be a place of peace, peace has to be inside of us for a place to be at peace. And even when it's not, you can still be at peace. So today, who do you trust? Who do you trust? Trusting in you? Self-control. Self-mastery. Ask the Holy Spirit for self-control. To put your trust somewhere else. Put it in Him. Put it in Christ. Are you dealing with the ramifications of sin in your life? That are still creating storms? And you haven't asked Jesus for His blood and His forgiveness? Today's the day. Go all in. You want peace? He wants you to have it. He wants you to have peace because He is peace. He wants you to be in connection with Him. Go all in. I find it very ironic that at the end of this story, the disciples went from fearful and terrified to terrified. Did you notice that? Fearful and terrified. I'm afraid for my life. 
And now I've met the author of life. And I have awe of him. It's this reverence that happens. I hope, pray today, that if you have any sin in your life and you have not made relationship with Jesus Christ yet, that today you choose him. The blood that he shed on the cross is for you. And that washes over you. You can become a man or a woman or a teenager of peace. If you're struggling today for peace, go all in. Go all in today. Let's go all in together. Would you mind just bowing your heads for just one moment? With your heads bowed and and your hearts bowed, I'd like for you to think about those storms again. Storms were never meant to destroy you. Storms were meant to refine you. They were meant to refine your heart and refine your faith. Storms were not moments meant to destroy you. If God really is bigger than your storm, they're meant to refine you and be a defining moment in your life. I'd like for you to have a conversation with that, that creator, with our Father, who filters it all, who's sovereign, who's in control, with Jesus. He's right there with you. He hasn't left. He's in the boat. Peace is in the boat. So are you. Will you go all in this morning? Will you cross the line of faith this morning? If you feel like the storm is bigger than you are, ask God to give you perspective. Go ahead and speak it to Him. Ask Him. Help me see you as bigger, God, because you are. If you feel like you're going to drown and you're wondering if God cares, He does, go to Him. May it draw you into Him. Have that hard conversation with with the Lord. But if you do know that this storm is a result of your choices, your sin, the not-so-good choices, the evil choices, the wicked choices. And go all in and ask Jesus to forgive you. Today's the day. Cross the line of faith. If that's you, will you pray along with me? Jesus, you are the Son of God. You are who you say you are. I believe that God sent you. And I believe that you sacrificed yourself on the cross for the forgiveness of sins of many. That includes me. And that you died. Three days later, you rose from the dead. 
That's the good news, Jesus. Jesus, come into my life. I give you my life. Come into my life. I give you my life because you are the author of life. And you can speak to the storms in my life. Jesus, come into my life. If you prayed that this morning, maybe not for word for word, but your heart was sincere and you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And to enter your life, will you just kind of look up at me? For the rest of us. Help us go all in. Be surrendered. Be engaged with the Prince of Peace. That one, we may experience the peace of God that goes beyond our understanding. It doesn't make sense in the midst of the storm for us, but it makes complete sense to you. That we may be peacemakers in our communities and in our homes in our neighborhoods, men and women, teenagers of peace, because the peace of God is all in us. Lord, we trust you today. It's in your name that we ask today. Amen. May you please stand from your chair. We love you guys. We really do. We're grateful for you. If, uh, if you're new here and this is your first time, thanks for taking the risk. We want to get to know you. Um, go to wapaknaz.org. Fill out that digital connection card if you wouldn't mind. We'd really appreciate that. That allows us to care for you throughout the year. Other than that, folks, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself? You can play. It's all good. Have a great fourth. Enjoy it. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.